0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and
2: 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
3: Sad news out of Vancouver as we open the show today. No football quiz. Very sorry to report it right off the top, folks, but we have to. Dave Gudrelli, Harman Dial, Grady Sass is our technical producer. That was me. Don't worry, not your fault. Um, you but, it's me. I, I'm the one that I thought up. I saw you scrambling and I was like, oh, Harman doesn't know this one's me. This is my fault. I just, yeah, a lot of stuff going on right now. Uh, I had to pivot from our football quiz with Wyatt Art. Now we've got an Andre Kuzmenko healthy scratch. Elias Pedersen saying he's absolutely fine. Big news ahead of the game against the Seattle Kraken. But before we get to that, we need to mention that Canucks conversation is a presentation of the Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor Pool game. Wendy's is letting you win real food with Daily Off Survivor. For those of you who smoke the competition, Wendy's is rewarding you with weekly prizes that will have you winning. Download the Wendy's app and score yourself 150 bonus reward points on your first order and grab a sweet victory from the mouth-watering jaws of defeat along with some fresh, never-frozen beef. Put your prediction skills to the test and score yourself 1,300 bonus points if you win the week. Use your points to grab your favorite menu items at Wendy's. Sign up to play Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor Fantasy to win weekly prizes like the Spicy Chicken Sandwich from Wendy's and the Wendy's app. Okay, from the Iconic. Sheraton Wall Center here in downtown Vancouver. We're here to talk about a big line shakeup for the Vancouver guys First of all, how are you today?
2: Doing great. It's funny on the drive in. I just have to, I just have to quickly mention this. I was in downtown, and there's a truck in front of me, and I see this big black animal in the in the in the truck's trunk. Okay. And and for a half a second, I'm like, is that a black bear? And then I'm like, no, come on. realistic here can't be it's just it's just his dog apparently the driver's dog chilling in chilling in the back in the trunk and obviously there's no um cover on it yeah and this dog is just living his life enjoying it just like happiest look on his face looking at all all the pedestrians on one side all the pedestrians on the other side all the pedestrians are doing the double take taking photos and everything The dog was just such a vibe. That's so cool. And I've never seen anything like that. Do you know what I learned? This is the thing I've learned. I've learned a lot
3: by having a dog, but this is the thing I've learned the most with Bert is it is so cool to teach dogs like thresholds. Like with Bert, you can open open the front door or an elevator door or whatever, and he won't go out the door unless he's told he's allowed to. And that's just something I've trained him with it's so cool that dogs like can remember, like you've seen those videos of dogs. Like they can go to the edge of their property line with no fence, but they know not to go further. I just think that's so cool. And like, that's obviously with what that dog has been taught. You don't leave the trunk unless you've been told by your actual handler to leave the trunk. I just think that's so cool. Dogs are awesome. My
2: dog would have jumped out in a heartbeat (laughs) for a second. I was like, is this safe? Is this allowed? (laughs) But the dog was having a hell of a time, so good for good for it. To
3: be clear, my dog would also jump out because I, I don't have a truck. I haven't taught him the threshold. Well, he knows not to jump out of the car if I open the door, but I don't know about trunk. If I had the trunk, if he was open, I, I don't know. If he saw an, a bird or something, he might be <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we got a lot to get to today. Let's pull up the lines here, Grady. Uh, Talk It's Line Blender coming out Big time ahead of the Canucks matchup with the Seattle Kraken tonight. You might be listening to this on Friday afternoon. You might be listening to it on Saturday, Sunday. So we're going to try not to date ourselves too much here. But the big news of the day, in my mind, other than Andre Kuzmenko being a healthy scratch, which we'll get to, Sam Lafferty up to the first line alongside Elias Pedersen, Ilya Mikheyev. Some other notable lineup changes as Phil DiGiuseppe goes down to the fourth line alongside Niels Amon and Niels Hoglander, while Anthony Beauvillier gets the promotion to the PB and J line. Can you still call it that? No, you can't. B B BBM. What's that? MBB. Am I am I cooking? No, you're not. <laughs> okay, the lines. I'm like the Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> the lines. What are, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah. So right off the bat, Lafferty getting the promotion. You can understand it from Tockett's perspective in the sense that he thinks that line is playing too slow and too methodically. Lafferty is the exact opposite of that with the speed, how direct he is, the way he takes the puck to the net. Uh, He's sort of the opposite of what Andre Kuzmenko is in that he brings a lot of those physical attributes, but he lacks a lot of offensive skill, Mm -hmm. right? So I think Tuck is probably hoping that Lafferty can be a sort of spark for that line. Pedersen's now got two big speedsters on his wing. Hopefully that can help the line even just play on the inside more. That line's been stuck on the perimeter. Uh, They've been trying to get a little too cute. And sometimes you just need to, as Talker would say, play a north-south style. That said, I would have liked to see Hoaglander get a shot there because he's been a spark plug for that fourth line. And he gives you that blend, I feel, of speed and skill which with Lafferty yeah he's faster than Hoaglander he's bigger he's going to play on the inside a little bit more but he's also less skilled offensively than Hoaglander is I'm going to give you a prediction harm based on vibes Sam
3: Lafferty starts the game with Lewis Patterson obviously but to your point I think we see at least half the five on five ice time tonight against Seattle Kraken if not tomorrow because let's not forget it's a back to back at least half the five-on-five ice time with Lewis Pedersen will be spent with Nils Huglander tonight. That's my prediction of the night. I because so. I think it's going to be a short leash for Sam Lafferty. It's almost going to be like, a, okay, this line needs to get going. They need to start penetrating to the inside, and that's something Togget spoke about. We'll, we'll get to that soon as well. There's so much to get to today. But if you want that line to start playing that North-South style, you look at that lineup, who's the most North-South player in the lineup aside from Dakota Joshua who you don't want to take off the line he's currently on. And aside from maybe Phil Giuseppe, who we can all agree, I think doesn't belong in the top six at this point in time. I think it's Sam Lafferty. Like how many times have we seen, seen Sam Lafferty drive hard to the net on the rush? Like that's something this Patterson line can absolutely use because once Lafferty gets there, if the puck's loose in front and you have Elias Patterson and you have Ilya Mikheyev going to the net Like, you're going to get to the inside if you have Sam Lafferty on that line. At least that's the thought process from Rick Tockett. But if it doesn't work out, I do think it's going to be a short leash and you're going to see Nils Huglander, especially if he's going like he has been in the last couple games. I think you're going to see Nils Huglander get promoted to that line at least at some point during the game. Maybe half five on five ice time is a bit much of a prediction, but I still think Nils Huglander gets at least a shot
2: there tonight. It's also interesting that... Before he was traded to Vancouver at training camp this year, he actually opened uh, Leafs' camp on John Tavares' line in the yeah. top six. He got a shot there, presumably, again, because Tavares isn't the most fleet of foot. So you're thinking, continue continue to add a little bit more speed there, have him be a complimentary piece that can win pox back, forecheck, be a nuisance around the net. Uh, it, the experiment didn't last very long. I, d- I don't think it was a particularly great fit, but it was a legit chance. It wasn't one of those. It, it wasn't one of those situations where you open training camp with a weird combo and you're like, okay, yeah, that's not actually gonna stick. That was a legit shot. Sheldon Keith wanted to give uh, Lafferty, so I am curious to see how it'll go. But as you alluded to, I hope it is with a short leash. I almost wonder if Anthony Beauvillier might get a
3: shot. I. Karan in the YouTube live chat pointed that out that maybe it's Anthony Beauvillier who gets a shot at some point with Elias Pedersen I I think at its core changing up the lines is almost long overdue the only line that remains completely unchanged is the one that we've been talking about is the only one that's going right now and that's the Dakota Joshua Teddy Bluger and Connor Garland trio that line has been going you spoke about yesterday the importance of not splitting up that line and talk it obviously heard you because he changes up every line except for that one. I think that's the right call.
2: Yeah, I agree. It it, it feels like you need something different to get this team going right now, especially it, it feels like the team's forechecking isn't quite the same. And I don't know how much of that is maybe a product of, okay, the blue line from the blue line. You're not moving. You're not moving and transitioning the puck fast enough to the red line. And how does that impact your ability to get the four check established, Uh, but to move some pieces around, I, I think it's to give guys a different opportunity, create some internal competition, create excitement, because look, sometimes if you end up playing with the same guys all the time, you can sort of get set in your ways a little bit. And I don't know if complacent is the right word, but it it sort of starts to feel a little bit stale. And this team has to, in my opinion, try something a little bit different because there hasn't been enough five on five offense generated right now. And this is where, again, I hope that what out of whatever shuffling happens that Oglander gets more minutes because to me, he's been one of the teams more effective, even strength, offensive drivers. And the club has otherwise looked a bit flat, generating chances. Hoaglander's been the type of uh, forward who can carry the puck into the zone, put defenders on his heels, and sort of crate off the rush. But also, he's doing what the other team's forward, or what the rest of the forwards aren't doing enough of right now, which is he's consistently been fighting away from the puck, sort of in the slot high traffic area. Again, we've mentioned this before. A lot of his goals have come from tips, deflections, in and around the net. Mm-hmm. It feels like recently the Canucks haven't had enough of that. Even when they get offensive zone, zone time established, they're on the perimeter and they're not able to a lot of times translate it into great A opportunities.
3: Pia Suter placed on IR, Carson Soucy on LTIR, Neil Zaman and Cole McWard are the car- corresponding move those guys called up from the Abbotsford Canucks who are in Calgary right now. Neil Zaman gets into the lineup tonight. Cole McWard cycled in with Juleson at morning skate. I think Ian McIntyre was the one that tweeted that, but it doesn't look like McWard's getting into the lineup. It will be Noah Juleson skating alongside Ian Cole tonight. I wonder with a back-to-back, Harmon, if you give Cole McWard a look tomorrow night. Because, look, while, while it might just be a precautionary thing, and that's why a guy like maybe Christian Wolanin didn't get called up, and it's a younger guy who doesn't require waivers to go back down, At the same time, you can't help but wonder against a team like San Jose if they give McWard a shot and say, hey, like you played training camp preseason with Quinn Hughes, what does it look like against a team like San Jose? Like, can you start to build something there and start to move away from the Heronic hughes pairing? I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm wondering if it had anything to do with that. I think in all likelihood, it's probably just the precautionary thing to have an extra body when you're playing back-to-back games. I don't know. Like, do you have any thoughts about Cole McWord getting into the lineup potentially? Because Juleson's in tonight.
2: Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens with um, with Juleson tonight. His performance, because I thought his performance against uh, the Avs the other night was, was one of his better games. Of course, the big um, sort of caveat was the mistake he made not mm-hmm. covering Drouin on on that net front goal but he was at least transitioning the puck cl- sort of cleaner he was making more decisive decisions and that's been the biggest problem for him this season so if that's an avenue he can sort of clean up then all of a sudden he is at least more competent so that's that that's what I want to want to see tonight is okay do we get a continuation of that improved puck moving from Jules and does he actually start to calm his game down uh, the way Tyler Myers has uh, over the last, you know, 10, 15 games or so. One of our best players, Rick Tockett. But otherwise, if Juleson struggles again, if you start to see some of those same turnover, some of those same turnovers, some of those same boneheaded decisions, um, even defensively, poor positioning, then it's like, okay, McWard deserves a shot. At least a
3: look, right? At least a look, especially when you've got a team like San Jose. And not to take San Jose too lightly, but you know, you're starting Casey Dismith Smith tomorrow. Thatcher Demko looks like the starter tonight. Kind of what I expected when we were asked about it in anyone else yesterday. Kind of thought Thatcher Demko would get the call tonight. He does. Canucks are in Seattle. Uh, final thing before we get to our light the lamp contest. IMAC tweeted out that Philip Ronick is rotating in on PP1 in Andre Kuzmenko's absence. As we expected, and I know neither of us, we've had this conversation before, neither of us really like the idea of two defensemen on power play one, but just with how dynamic Philip Hronick is, especially when he's playing with Quinn Hughes, I personally feel like it's not that bad of an idea. Like, it's probably your best bet, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I mean, power play two has no shooting threats that you look at and go, oh, I really want that forward on power play one instead. The key, as you alluded to, is Hughes and Hronick seem to have an incredible chemistry with the way they switch off of each other, the movement at five on five alone. Now you're putting them in a situation where the other team is down a man. And I feel like it'll open up a lot of uh, possibilities as so, so long as you aren't just spamming heroic shots from distance. I, I know that's how he scored on uh, the five on three, but generally speaking, I, I want him to be a little bit selective with the shooting. Obviously, look, if he's... Let's hit the left uh, left circle and he gets teed up for one time or take that, take that bomb. Uh, but that's going to be the balance that they're going to need to strike is, yes, Heronik's shot is an absolute weapon. But I'd also like to see him do a little bit of what he's done at 5 and 5 which is use the threat of his shot to open up passing lanes, especially for... Hughes, that's how I think Karonic could have a positive impact on the power play one group.
3: Okay, let's get to our Light the Lamp contest brought to you by our friends over at Four Winds Brewing. Vancouver is playing Seattle tonight, and we want to know who's going to score the first goal for Vancouver. If you nail it, you could win a $25 gift card to the Four Winds Room located at 72nd and River Road in Delta. Enter by following us on social media. Keep an eye out for today's show clip and comment who you think will light the lamp and score the first goal tonight. Winners will be contacted directly. Check us out at Canucks Army or at Canucks Convo on Twitter at CanucksArmy.com on Instagram and Canucks Army on Facebook. And make sure you ask about the Four Winds Light Light Lager at your local liquor store or have some delivered to your front door through the online shop at fourwindsbrewing.ca. Here's my pick. Sam Lafferty on a backdoor tap-in set up by Elias Pettersson because he gets to the middle of the ice. He's almost in the blue paint in this goal, Harmon, just so you know this is what's going to happen. He's almost in the blue paint on this goal, and he's on his forehand as a right-handed shot, and he's setting up, and he's going to backdoor tap in
2: after a beautiful cross-ice feed from Elias Pettersson. I like it. It's funny. I was actually thinking of picking one of Lafferty or or Pettersson too. I'll go with Pettersson then. All right. Pettersson it is. All right. Let's uh, get to
3: Wyatt Art. No football quiz. I'm very sorry, folks. I really wanted a football quiz today. Uh, Wyatt Art is brought to you. By his own merch available now at nationgear.ca. Unleash the darkness with the nation gear blackout collection. Embrace the bold and gear up with all new styles of our exclusive stanchies reader line only available for a limited time. Don't miss out on grabbing your favorite team's gear in the baddest styles before they're gone. Get the perfect gift for your favorite fan order before December 10th. So you can put your presence under the tree. Plus if you spend $200, you qualify for free. Shipping. Go check it out at nationgear.ca. Let's bring them in. Why it aren't. Like I said. Oh.
1: That feels right. That feels right.
3: Okay, turn it down, Brady. <laughs> no, crank it up, crank it up.
1: I like
3: that. That was it's fire. That was G- right?
1: <laughs> No, that's uh, that's from Artlist. I supplied that one. That's that's royalty free. You will not get sued. I have the <laughs> rights to that.
3: That was my next question. <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, why, say, I was, yeah, gonna go say I was
1: dressed up for the football quiz, and that is not happening. Well, I know Coleman Ward's a big story, but I just feel like we still could have done the football quiz. It's upsetting. She had to call an audible.
3: Josh Allen. Josh Allen. That's who that is. There you go. Well done. <laughs> that's right. All right. I'm done. I have no nothing else. I just wanted to make sure I got the jersey right, no, yeah. Why? What's it like having your own clothing line?
1: Uh honestly, it's I didn't hear a single word about that. So also when it came out, I was like, oh my goodness, that was that was kind of a nice surprise. I will say Yeah, uh, same here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nation they takes care of me uh, I'm not trying to attack my previous employers. The nation takes care of me really nicely here. They they it's nice to be uh kind of. <laughs> Given a bit of that, uh, Riz, as the kids say, it's nice, it's nice, and uh, I do have to say, though, um, uh, I did enjoy the dog story earlier uh, from Harmon, I really did. I, you saw a big dog in the truck, it was very exciting.
2: <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't think you used Riz, I did right not time. on purpose. Not I did on all. purpose,
3: <laughs> get me some of that Riz the kids are talking about. That was the joke. <laughs>
2: Oh, oh, I anyway, Wyatt, going from happy vibes to some sadder vibes, how do you feel about Rick Tockett's decision to scratch Andre Kuzmenko?
1: Oh man, that hurt my riz. I didn't like that. Um, I gotta say, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, what boys, <laughs> I don't understand. What the, okay, uh, I will say that. Uh, honestly, it feels like a, it's a you know old school wake up call, right? I, I think he wants to get. I think he that's, to me that shows he believes in Kuzmenko, like he's worth working with. He wants to kind of get more out of him. He thinks there's more there. Um, and you know, I, I do agree that overall, I think the team is doing a bit less of what was you know successful for them earlier on, which is like getting in the lanes, getting back, clogging up the shooting lanes, and kind of being active with their sticks. And that's never really been a huge part of Kuzmenko's game but I will say like offensively like he's winning board battles he's doing a lot on the offensive zone but I think defensively that's where Rick's going to be a bit frustrated at times and he's not really on a man sometimes he's kind of in dead space in the ice so I do think it's a wake-up call I don't necessarily agree with scratching him but Rick Talkett with the start he's had you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt like what do I know you know so I'm going to trust in Rick Talkett's Riz on this and go with him and you know we'll (laughs) see what happens one of these days I'm gonna get it right. I'm gonna use it every kind of way Just I can. Use it in and every I'm gonna... sentence,
3: yes. Every answer, slip it in at one point. One of
1: these we'll get it. Grady's gonna use that clip only to promote. This.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, this quote from Elias Patterson Wyatt. I'm not sure if you've seen it. This was tweeted out by TSN's Farhan Lalji. He said, "I know you guys are fishing. I heard guys are speculating, but no, I feel good." He was asked that when he was, or he answered with that when he was asked about the reports that he's playing banged up we've seen stuff from Patrick Johnson we've seen stuff from Rick Dollywall talking about a potential injury here Liz Patterson says he's all
1: fine your thoughts on that Uh, he's a liar he's a dirty liar uh it's I just don't believe I mean yeah it could not be heard I'm sure everyone that's always the kind of thing after the playoffs we're all banged up that's the old school hockey way to say it uh but his you know is his play that is a bit of regression is it just the ups and downs of his season? This is a guy that won't admit to an injury. Also, I don't know if it behooves him to do that. If he's like, yeah, my wrist is really bothering me. Like, you don't want to put a bullseye on that wrist. So I I just think, you know, face value, I can't take it that way. So I do think he is hurting. Um, And that, you know, kind of goes to the Kuzmenko thing because Andre Kuzmenko is a tremendous passenger player. He's really good at it. And it kind of reminds me of like back in the day when the Sedins played bad. Verbata. Verbata is a tremendous passenger player. Cannot drive a line. Uh, Kuzmenko is showing, I don't think he can drive a line. We haven't seen that yet, at least. So uh, if Pedersen is struggling then yeah it's not shocking that Kuzmenko is struggling you know even that being said I don't think we're seeing the same Kuzmenko we saw last season I feel like he's trying to set up you know Mikheyev a lot he's trying to be more of a playmaker we all knew regression was coming I do want to say it's kind of funny that even though everyone knew the regression was coming people are like well we knew he was gonna regress but this is worse than I thought like no like last year was a white unicorn that really was for Kuzmenko Mm -hmm. so I, I do think he was always going to be a bit of a work in progress for the team so you know in regards to Pedersen, you know, when he doesn't play well, yeah, that line's not going to look as good. And, uh, you know, we've heard talk to say they're a bit too methodical. So we'll see if Lafferty kind of shakes him up. Uh, I do want to see, say that, you know, the Beauvillier thing, I don't know if I want to see that again. You know, Beauvillier thinks he's been playing well. He's been playing fine, I think, but I don't think we saw it last season. It didn't really excite me too much. I don't know if that's going to do a lot, but we'll see. Uh, I'm actually weirdly excited about Lafferty. I don't know. I like his north-south game. I think that, that guy's like the poster child for Rick Talk at hockey, to be honest. <laughs>
2: One of the other areas that Canucks are going to have to adjust without Kuzmenko in the lineup is the power play. Sounds like Hironik will get the first unit look there in his spot. How do you think the power play will adjust with Hironic rather than Kuzmenko?
1: I mean, if you can get more of those switch and baits with Hughes and Horonic, that's nothing but good. Like he's I think he'll fit in seamlessly. That kind of reminds me of the Airhoff principle. Like he just found a way to connect and move the puck, and that was the cycle game they could do so well. So yeah, I don't see that being a huge issue. I think he'll kind of fit right into what they're doing. Um, will it create more urgency in their shots? Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they're frustrated with the power play. Do they want to create more shots? Cause it can look dynamic. It can look so exciting, but yeah, sometimes they don't necessarily take the shots as much uh, at the high volume as they want. So we'll see. But honestly, that's, if you're going to replace Kuzmenko with anyone, like I wrote, that's a, how can you go wrong with that? He's him and Quinn Hughes, their chemistry keeps getting better and better.
3: Wyatt. I want one football question before we let you go. We're not going to do that yet, but I'm telling you now so that you can start to think about it. I did want to mention for all the people that saw the Stanchies Reader merch, we're going to have more Stanchies Reader hopefully, uh, because now people can actually read it because we seem to have found a fix for... Uh it crashing all the time on everybody's phones. so hopefully it works and you're bad writing... yeah oh well, that is bad That's the worst
1: <laughs> riz all oh, right that risk gets me so mad like i get rizzed up when that happens boys it's just
3: i get riz no 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 you don't get rizzed up <laughs> Not... <laughs> no 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 uh um, you're i'm pretty you're sure writing you. the stanchies tonight right i am yeah you should know <laughs> i sure know, i get i get messages like an hour before being like hey by the way this person's writing them. okay whatever anyway no, i, I run
1: I, I got it yeah i got it today okay Tomorrow, I, I, I'm tonight.
3: <laughs> I'm going to hit control F and type in Riz and just delete, 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 delete. No, no, no,
1: no, no. I'm going to use at least three times. It's a yeah. promise. Right at <laughs> least three per
3: paragraph. I'm sure. Uh, Why? last hockey yeah. question before we get to sure. one football question from you to us. Um, when it comes to Cole McWard, like he was part of the call ups. Do you want to see him get a look? That was the conversation we were having right before you came on.
1: Like, honestly, like, for the memes alone, because he looks like a detective, I want it for my brand. So that's pretty selfish of me. I really do. Uh, but I'm all for it, honestly. Like, at this point, you know, the defense is definitely a work in progress. There's no one on that bottom pairing that I think, like, you know, you've got to keep in. Like, no one's saying themselves, like, man, this team can't afford to have Noel Jolson not in the lineup. Like, he, there's no one there that's, like, grabbing that spot. So, I'm yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm a bit of a Will Landon truther. I kind of want to see what he might be able to do because I just kind of like his puck movement. But, you know, with Cole McGuart at this point, you know we're talking seems to be open to kind of seeing what kind of team he's got right now so you know i'm all for it i want to see it someone in the chat
3: i don't know if they're calling you the wizard of oz i'm the wizard of oz they <laughs> they get it the wizard of oz like <laughs> the
2: they get it oz. we're get
3: gonna lose so many listeners so no. many
1: listeners this is the rizziest episode we've done i'm very excited about it well it's definitely
3: that uh why <laughs> we were right before we went on air there was a football on and um oh god I was trying record. to guess which teams it was, and then I realized it's college football.
2: Um, there's there was a game on NFL. A brawl? There was, yeah, I was trying not to get distracted because TV's on in the background, but while we were speaking, there's a massive brawl. What? Yeah.
3: No, not my Kansas City University i
2: don't, th- I
3: don't think i don't think isn't that no. the team oh no all right uh okay no. why give us a football question before <laughs> and, already... and folks should know we're doing the football quiz next week we had it all ready to go then too much happened we still haven't even really dove into what Elias Patterson said all that sort of stuff we'll get to it in our anyone else section but why give us a football football question just to tease the quiz that we're hoping to do next week
1: okay i'm gonna ask you like what happens if the quarterback's got the ball he runs into his own end zone he gets tackled what do they call that
3: it happened to me in madden and i was so mad it Touchback? is called no 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 wait is it called no no safety and 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 you the other team gets points how many points one no <laughs> <laughs> three three point no two, two 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 points there you go that's right all right my madden, my madden knowledge it. it happened to me once and i oh you know what you know what actually happened wyatt okay snap the ball i'm on like the three yard line okay in, in my own end S- a second down or whatever snap the ball i go back i don't like any of the options so i try to rush and then i was about to get smoked and i didn't want my quarterback to get hurt so i slid i hit the ground like i double tapped square and took a knee basically and the safety pops up and you lose the ball too anyways i've,
2: you're- I've honestly never seen a more jacked in my life explaining that <laughs> story <laughs> I, I i lost that question but you're you're at break even now because you called Arkansas Kansas City University. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I like,
1: right. I can't
3: I can't see half the screen's blocked off by the light. Anyways, um why isn't it our Kansas? We don't oh. know. Anyways, Wyatt, thanks for joining us, yeah, buddy.
1: Yeah, the Wizard of Oz has to go, boys. So <laughs>
2: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: (laughs) What are we doing? What are we doing? Okay, that was why it aren't brought to you, like we said, by the Blackout Collection over at nationgear.ca. Okay, boys, let's get it back on the rails here. Uh, Let's get to anyone else because I've got a few anyone else's yeah, we, go on. We didn't really talk about Kuzmenko. Uh, I want to talk was. about it in anyone else. Got it. Yeah, cool. Okay. So, anyone else? Brought to you by our friends over at DoorDash. It's our listener's chance to get involved and hit us up in the YouTube live chat. It's also our listener's chance to get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. That's right. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. That's all capital letters, NATION, and the numbers five. Offer valid in Canada. subject to change. Terms do apply. Subject to change... Andre Kuzmenko's game from last season to this season, tonight, he's a healthy scratch. I don't think it comes as much of a surprise, to be quite honest with you.
2: Yeah, and I think the breaking point was likely the third period shift where Tufty scored. What you'll notice is before that sort of net front scramble from the point shot, kuzmenko was the one supposed to be covering miles wood at the point and what what you'll notice when you watch that goal back is it seemed like kuzmenko was almost cheating for offense a little bit because he was at the blue line but rather than covering that uh, left point he was in he was in the middle of the ice inexplicably, and so that gave wood all all the time and space necessary to get that point shot through whereas if Kuzmenko's just in the right spot that shooting lane is not available it's not even about making a spectacular defensive play it's just are you in the right spot and that's a very that's a basic straightforward uh, play it's not the it's not like he had to do anything miraculous defensively there it's just are you literally standing in the right spot and he wasn't really close it seemed like because before that the puck was sort of had been rimmed around and it looked like there was you know, a ra- loose puck race. And it felt like Kuzmenko was almost anticipating in the middle to be a pop pass option rather than playing it safe and covering wood at the point.
3: That's an interesting observation because that's one thing that is in the non-negotiables from Rick Tockett. He's spoken about that since he got hired here in Vancouver is his non-negotiables. And as we've seen, even with players like JT Miller who have been good this season, that the rules apply to everybody and I saw some people when this was on Twitter it was announced that Kuzmenko was going to be a healthy scratch tonight I saw some people really having an issue that it was Kuzmenko and you know people calling him the whipping boy I, I think it's completely justified like I think it's fair and people are saying well what about uh what about Elias Pettersson what about Tyler Myers first of all we've spoken about it Tyler Myers Talk keeps calling him their best player or one of their best players um I I don't know I I think it's completely justified I made the comment after the Colorado game that it just looks like offense is dying as soon as it gets to Kuzmenko's stick. Said it looks like he's using Jay Beagle's old sticks. I don't know how that happened, but that's what it looks like right now.
2: Well, the thing with Kuzmenko is if he's not driving offense, what else is he doing? Exactly. And right now he's simply put not driving offense, whereas other forwards on the team... You know, Some of them are centermen, so they play a premium position. If they're wingers, they're at least responsible defensively. They can get in on the forecheck. They add some speed maybe. They kill penalties. Uh, They add physicality. With Kuzmenko, there is nothing that he adds besides his offense, which is fine. Every team has one-dimensional offensive players, and the type of game-breaking skill set Kuzmenko has when he's at his best is really unique, really rare, and that's why you want to work with him so that you can harness it the right way, get it back on the rails, but when he's struggling as much as he is right now, I think the tip, the other tipping point is this would probably be different if Pedersen himself was going and that line was still successful with, you know, if, if Pedersen and Mikhev were, were still able to sort of drive offense and, and have success, but you've got two struggling players on that, on that line, your you're two main offensive drivers. So something has to give, you can't just keep rolling those guys out there at even strength. Uh, and have them continuing to play the way they have recently. Something had to give, and it wasn't going to be scratching Elias Petterson.
3: Lots of interaction in the YouTube live chat. So I want to get to as many as we can. Do you have anything on Kuzmenko before we shift away from that? You can go to the live chat. <clears throat> We've got a few here. Uh, Dr. Haas. I swear I've seen his name in our chat before. I thought he was a regular listener. But, anyways, uh, he says, These guys seem like they're both on, and he named a drug. And then he said, The white guy is definitely on something. And I responded and I said, A Gatorade blue and espresso every day. Not a Gatorade blue, but I have an espresso every morning. Every morning. And Faber knows this. And longtime listeners of this show know it. The later in the morning that I have my espresso, like today, I had my espresso at like 11, 11 I'm going by the time the show gets going, as you can see today. So, new listener to the show, uh, Dr. Haas, who enjoyed my response, I think. Uh, so many people in the chat here. This one. From Marcus Toe, what does power play 2 look like? Myers as the lone defenseman?
2: Oh, man. I, I do not want power play 2 to see you. Get Ian Cole out. Well, there. the problem now is you remove Horonic. Who's the... Sh- like, you have literally no shooting threat. You have no good
3: get- first of all, needs to
2: get on that unit.
3: <laughs> oh, for sure. It, well, he
2: would, you'd assume. I mean, he, ha- he has to, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, who can they... Because... Sam Lafferty? I mean... <laughs> Even with Hoaglander in, I mean, Hoaglander, Bluger, Mikheyev, Bavillier, and whether it's Myers, all of them are below average shooters. So I feel like the way that if power play 2 sees the ice, if they are manufacturing offense, it's probably going to be sort of get pucks, get as many pucks to the net, crash, and, and hope there are rebounds and do it that way. Because I certainly don't expect there to be set plays where you're setting guys up for one-timers and you're sh- and you're effectively shooting in you know picking your spot from the tops of the cir- circles I think it's going going to have to be a lot of getting a lot of traffic in front tips deflections just playing a really direct style another one
3: in the chat here and I want to give my take on this one the Vegas and Seattle jer- have you seen the winter classic jerseys I haven't okay yeah. well Seattle's oh there it is Grady pulled it up on our uh, show there Seattle's looks phenomenal to me I think it's one of the nicest jerseys I've seen for a winter classic my all-time favorite is the baby blue Pittsburgh Penguins one that they wore. I think it was the 2010 or 2011 winter classic between them and the Capitals that one is my all-time favorite and I, I legitimately think this Seattle Kraken one that they've gone to might be second might even bump out the Penguins one for first I I think the Vegas one looks atrocious. I think that looks like your Eichel team in NHL twenty four is just starting out and you only have the letters unlocked. I think that looks horrible. I hate that.
2: I, I actually
0: like the color scheme. The logo's bland though. Yeah. Question for you guys: mm. What color is the lettering and the V in the logo? I got into a debate in studio yesterday about what color it is.
3: That's that's like navy, it's right? Navy, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Matt Matt Zuccaris and Blake Price both thought it was black. No, and and then you know what it was? It was we got into that whole. Uh, remember the the dress color from like yes, a decade yes, yes, ago? Yeah, 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 How your eyes see different colors? I was blown away that these guys thought that was black. Now it's not the best photo. I should point out, but if you look online, tell me it's how blue. that is black. Exactly.
2: But why is it blue? There's the question yeah, that we should be asking. Why is blue? The,
0: exactly. Why is it blue? I actually think the color scheme they have is sharp. Why I is don't it like blue,
3: Harmon? You don't know? Why is it blue?
0: Such an historic franchise with yeah. all these different color patterns and their oh wait, they've only existed for since
3: like Seattle uh, is blue the color of Vegas because Seattle's got their, you know, emerald teal, whatever you want to call it. They've Seattle at least pays some homage to the city of Seattle. What about Ve- like blue, Vegas? Like, am I missing something here? Who cares? It's just
2: blue's the most basic color ever. It doesn't so if the be- Canucks
3: come out with they get in the winter classic next year because they're away again. And they say hey, we've got purple jerseys. Everybody's That's saying, "Why is it purple? Why pur- is it purple?" Harman Dial on this show <laughs> is gonna be like, "Oh, who cares?
2: Purple is not the same as blue." I digress. And it's just a small the, <laughs> the jersey cream gold and has blue, tr- essentially blue, a little bit of blue just for the the jersey number numbers, the name plates, and uh, the logo there. Doctor Haas again. Who, by the way, Doctor
3: Haas came in. And he, uh, I think we won the guy over because he said, obviously talking about me here, he said, bro, this guy's hilarious. And then he had another contribution. He said, can we just trade away Tyler Myers already? Shaking my head. They need anything him. for him. They need him right now. Like that's, and, and while well, I would agree, especially earlier in the season, like I was on this show calling for him to be sent down to the AHL. <laughs> Wait, you oh, did that? Oh yeah. What? Have, oh, guys, the start of the season, I was saying, how could anything in the AHL be worse than what you're getting from Tyler Myers right now? Do you not remember how bad Myers was to start the year? I'm happy that he turned it around, but I was saying if this continues, anyways, we're not going to. Was get he into that, that bad, or was
0: it just the really loud mistakes? Like it I
3: was, it was a combination of both, I think. But the loud mistakes were costing them. I think I said it right after the Tampa Bay game. Nobody uh, in Abbotsford would have been better though. He
2: was, he was terrible. But Favorite nobody thought in... Jet Woo would be better. No, did oh. you? Did anybody see Jet Woo in that one preseason game against Calgary? Yeah. He was awful. I don't think he had been hired by the Canucks, but favors said the show <laughs>
3: would be better uh, at that point. Okay, there's so many here. Uh, Mother Knucker, another one. With our dire need for a top four D-man, should we consider trading Besser while his value is at its highest, or even Kuzmenko, who plenty of teams would covet at, at term and
2: cap hit? Hockey trade, of course. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't, as in teams wouldn't covet them? No, and teams value top four defensemen over wingers, especially ones that are not are not stars and are pretty one-dimensional. You're not getting a top four defenseman unless it's for the type of defenseman that you probably don't like his contract or his age. I mean, in years, how many years did we spend talking about the, the idea of trading Besser for a top four defenseman until we realized last season that, Oh, it's, it's practically impossible to get this contract off the books. Now, He's gone off to a terrific start. Obviously, mm-hmm. his trade value is in, trade value has increased, but I don't think you're getting a top four defenseman back. What top four defenseman with term who fits in, in the right range, age wise, is going to be available that a team's just going to want to give up for a winger?
3: This is our. We should have this as its own sub segment of anyone else because it's our Canucks conversation. Anyone else heater trade proposal of the day? <laughs> because here it is from Trip. Besser and Beauvillier for Andrew Peak and Patrick Line. Who says no? Answer the question, Harmon.
2: Okay, sorry, say that again. Brock Besser
3: and he, Anthony Beauvillier, for Andrew Peak and Patrick Line out of Columbus. Who I, says no?
2: I don't like that trade actually from Vancouver's perspective. Because Line A... I want to look up what his contract is, but I don't like Line's contract. Two years at eight seven. I
3: People pointing out in the chat the immediate response to that is that Line a isn't going to be a good fit with Rick Tocket. Don't think that's a hot take.
2: Yeah. And, and he's got, I mean, four points in 11 games. Line a was healthy scratch recently. He's a one dimensional player. And you've got, I don't think this team needs more of those types of um, wingers, especially because. When Lion is going at his best, a huge chunk of his value derives from the power play. Canucks do need another elite power play weapon, especially because Besser's been that perfect fit on PP1 in the sort of bumper and, and net front area.
3: We had a question from Jesse about that. Um, I'm just trying to find it here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Said uh, something along... I don't know why I can't find it. Grady gets them in the chat here, but he said... Basically, since Bo Horvat's been gone, has that affected, it was Andre Kuzmenko actually, Andre Kuzmenko's time on the power play, like in the slot area. Has that hurt Andre Kuzmenko on the power play? Because obviously they're not going for the bumper play as much,
2: right? Yeah, so it was interesting. I think last season, a couple of Kuzmenko's power play backdoor tap-ins, I vividly remember that teams were collapsing on Horvat in the middle, because they viewed him as the most dangerous um, um, offensive threat the Canucks had on PB1. And as a result, they would cheat a little bit and Kuzmenko would be open on the back door. So that play is gone, but I don't think it's necessarily tethered to Bo's gone and and that's why Kuzmenko's struggling um, to produce. It just feels like I mean there's nothing to complain about with the first unit power play for the most part that's this right. season. It doesn't in my mind it doesn't matter who gets the points, it doesn't matter who really gets the goals, so long as the unit as a whole is having success.
3: But also it matters that Quinn Hughes is leading the league in points
2: for Dom-related reasons. Yeah, that, that's a fair <laughs> point. But but
3: your point stands, your point is valid, not to you know poke fun at it. You're and and at
2: least right. Kuzmenko has the IQ on the power play to understand the movement patterns, to know where he should be positioned. He hasn't been making mistakes on the power play in terms of giveaways. He's bought in in terms of the puck recovery aspect. Uh, he's, he's clearly been the least important player on PP1, but he's still done his job fine. For me, it's 5-on-5 five five where I want to see him driving more offense.
3: Okay, a uh, couple more from the chat here, and then I got one that I just want to get off my chest here. Sam Ross said, is it time to take another look at Nikita Zodorov? I feel like the conversation hasn't changed since we last had it that no, it's not yet. Like it's not yet time. The conversation you and I had when we were asked about this last week, Carmen was just that use this as an opportunity to see what you have in multiple players in your depth. And I think that extends to a guy like Cole McWord, who they called up, like give him a shot, especially against San Jose tomorrow. I would love to see McWord get in the lineup tomorrow. Just see where he's at. See what you've got. I know, San Jose isn't the best litmus test to see where a guy is at the NHL level, but you can still learn things from playing a guy, you know, whether it be with Quinn Hughes, whether it be with Ian Cole, whoever it's with, you can still learn something about a player if you give him that shot in the NHL. So I would say no, still not time. Keep giving them shots. Um, you know, keep giving your depth chances to get into the lineup. I know that's not the best strategy. Maybe if you're on a bit of a losing skid, but with a team like San Jose, you kind of hope, that they're able to use it to their advantage,
0: and I don't think Vancouver is gonna pay, you know, semi-premium assets, yeah, to Calgary for a rental.
3: It's the same conversations last week. Calgary's not making that trade unless they're winning it by a mile. So why are you making that trade if
0: you're or Vancouver? or you know, if they're able to get an extension done beforehand, mm-hmm. uh, Calgary allows Vancouver to you know talk to Milstein, which would obviously be very easy considering their relationship. But I bet. I would have to say Zadorov ten of like probably eastern teams, right? Just it just doesn't make sense for the Canucks to pay that much for UFAs.
2: Also Calgary has picked up a little bit of steam recently and yep. you look at it, they're still only four points out of a playoff spot uh, with two games in hand. Now obviously there are teams between them, but if you're the Flames, they're still like they're still not quite out of it. It's it's if you're Craig Conroy and you're in wait and see mode, you've got these massive uh, franchise decisions it's, of what you're yeah. going to do. You may as well take you may as well take your time, especially since you've got a new coach a lot and you first in the year GM. Exactly. So there's no rush for them to make franchise altering moves because Zadorov and Tanev would be the first dominoes to fall in terms of, okay, we're choosing to be sellers and we're rebuilding. This is a massive decision the Flames uh, are making. It's not just we're punting on the season. It's whatever decisions they make with their pending UFAs, especially because it extends to bigger fish like Lindholm and Hannafin, it's going to affect the, the direction of the franchise for the next five years. So even for, from Calgary's perspective, they, they're probably in no rush to make a deal now.
3: Okay, we're going to close out anyone else before I get to my non-hockey one that I've just been I've been stewing on it all day. This one from Aiden Hammond. It's great to have the creativity that Kuzmenko has, but he also needs to not jeopardize the team structure. Tough thing to balance, but Guy also makes $5 million. So figure it out. And I'm curious if he gets in tomorrow night. Like, I don't know how long this is going to last. I'm really interested to see what the Canucks lineup looks like tonight. And, oh boy, are we going to have a show? on Monday when we talk about everything that's happened this weekend, before we close out the show with our Betway bet way of the day, though, I just want to say anyone else feel like black Friday sucks. Now, when did black Friday start becoming like 20% off 30% off? Like I, I, I I'm, I'm stunned by how bad these deals are. Even Lego.com, which is one that's obviously near and dear to my heart. The, the deals all suck and Lego never goes on sale. So maybe that's a bad example, but The deals just, like, I have not had the urge to assault anybody over
0: any of these deals. (laughs) Can I say one thing about Black Friday? (laughs) Yeah, go for it. So the night before Thanksgiving, we all sit around, well, not we, but in America, people are thankful for this. They have a nice big dinner. The next day, everyone runs to the store and tramples all over each other, (laughs) like grab items out of each other's hands and possession, um, and just be like flat out rude and awful. Like not even 24 hours later, I just the day to find be thankful it... was yesterday, Grady. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess it's short memory turnaround, right? Like,
3: well, I'm just saying that's not happening ironic. anymore, and rightfully so. I just said, yeah. Harmon, have you had the urge to trample mm. anybody for a TV in the last
2: five years? No, exactly. But cool. I would, no, no, no. I no. That's it. That's, <laughs> it. that's all you have said. <laughs> but maybe you're just not shopping in the right place, squads. Today, I picked up uh, a nice. Nice denim jacket, which was which is originally priced at one hundred fifty bucks for, I think sixty two bucks.
3: Okay, but not twenty two bucks. It's not eight. It's not eighty percent off, Harmon. Like that's my point. Expecting eighty percent off. Those were the deals back in the day, man. I know you're. If I can remember it, you can remember it too. I bought a TV when I was seventeen years old. It was a eight hundred dollar TV. I got it for two hundred and twenty dollars. Where are those deals?
0: I mean, anything economy has changed. My friend, whatever, whatever, great living in tough times.
2: Last year, I picked up Adidas Stan Smith's for like 40% off, which is still a pretty good deal considering those otherwise don't go on sale often. That's fair.
3: I don't know. It's just like you could get those deals at other times of the year though. That's my
2: point is just black Friday used to be, you know, I, I kind of get what you mean. I, I did browse Amazon this, uh, this morning. And I was like, okay, I don't need to buy anything, but if there's something crazy, yeah, I'll consider it. And there
0: was nothing on Amazon. It's just a marketing ploy to get the masses, you know, in an uproar. Oh, we got to buy this, this, and that before Christmas, yeah. which to some degree makes sense. Like if you get ahead of the Christmas shopping, which I never do, I'm always like a December 21st, second type of shopper, last minute. So what? Um, then, yeah, you can probably find some decent deals, right?
3: It's just so upsetting. Like it's so upsetting. And people in the uh people in the chat here are pointing it out. I like how much I like how much uh, interaction we're getting on this. People are really fired up about the Black Friday conversation.
0: Yeah, uh, online shopping has changed, but you do see some online.
3: Yeah, Karan goes. said the wars are online. Marcus Toast said Black Friday was for companies to get rid of stock. Now it just feels like they're just trying to make money. Which hmm. I mean, I guess they were before too, but I don't know. It just it just feels—it feels so different, and it—it's a turn for the worst. And I know, look, trampling people, assault isn't good, okay? Like I feel like I have to say that based on the jokes wow, I've been take. making. Well, I've been making jokes about it. Sounds but... like
0: you stole a couple of PS3s back in the day. No, 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 people. not
3: stole, not stole. Uh, I locked it out of the store. store. Yeah. Stole it
0: out of people's possession inside right the hook. store.
3: I've thrown a right hook in my. I'm just kidding. When... I just, I, it sucks. It sucks. And, and you know what? Here's the thing. I brought up the TV that I bought in 2017 when I was 17 years old. I didn't have to fight anybody for that. They had the stock. I went early in the morning, and look, Black Friday's always been. There's never been the trampling and all that sort of stuff in Canada. We've never really had that. I don't think. No.
0: Definitely not. Too in nice my to lifetime. each other.
3: Yeah, we've never had that. Not. Of course, that's outrageous. But just in terms of the deals themselves, they just they suck now.
0: I remember one time I went to EB Games, camping out midnight to get a new Call of Duty. It was like a lineup around the block.
3: That's a great point, Grady, because. I was looking at GameStop's deals. All the EA games are on sale, but that's because the vendor put them on sales. They're on sale. It's from GameStop, Walmart, the PlayStation Store, which you don't even have to get off your rear to order that, and it's on your console in, like, 20 minutes. All the same deal. What? I
2: don't know. Anyways. When's a Black Friday sale for a right shot defenseman? Oh. Uh, Today,
3: Mike Riley on waivers. We didn't even talk about that. He's not right (laughs) shot. He shoots left. Oh, yes. Mike Riley on waivers, though. $1 million, <laughs> obviously an upgrade. He's on- a serviceable, like, offensive
0: first type of guy. Also,
3: isn't it better that he's left shot now when the Canucks are starting four right-handed defensemen in their lineup, like, every night now? Like, in all seriousness, Mike Riley would be an upgrade on what
2: they have right now, right? He would, definitely. You just have to be mindful of... I, and, I, and I probably should have done this before uh, the show, but the cap side of it, because he's got a $1 million cap hit, which is, of course, uh, above league minimum and especially if you have plans of signing ethan bear down the -hmm. the road as well how does that fit in that's the only concern i would have because yes from a pure hockey standpoint this is a player who only a couple years ago was playing second pair of minutes for the bruins
3: i hate computers that's my take right now the uh, youtube live chat is pointing it out that uh i'm very mad at technology it's
2: salty all the time
3: well you know what the vibes i'm a vibes guy you know that right like you you've learned that in our two weeks working full time together this is three now this is our third week right yeah third week <laughs> also we can tell people last last friday we went for lunch after or dinner whatever after the show and i was like dude great first week working together and you go this is the second week it's <laughs> like oh yeah that's right it's all been a blur it's been a blur um but it's been good been good working with you uh as we close out the third week here okay let's uh let's pull up our betway bet of the day i went big brain here grady uh this is a big vibes bet again but is anybody surprised also how are the jets doing how are my jets doing uh against the dolphins 27 to 13 miami okay uh so let's get to our betway bet of the day for today our betway bet of the day brought to you by our pals over at betway Philip Hronick over 1.5 total shots tonight against the Kraken. Minus 200 odds. A $10 bet returns you $15 over on Betway. Must be 19 plus to play. If you choose to play, please play responsibly. Big vibes guy over here. He's on power play too. Come on. Power play one. Power play one. That's what I meant. He's going to be shooting. He's going to be a shooting threat on that power play. To get two shots, that's why I said two. To get
2: two shots tonight, come on. Two or more? Feels it, like a lock. Good pick, good Riz.
3: Yeah, excellent Riz, I must say. Okay, uh, score I, predictions for tonight. I might have tonight. to
0: ban that word. <laughs> Censor <laughs> it, it on the podcast. The amount we're allowed to use it.
3: Uh, score predictions
2: for tonight. We'll start with you, Harmon. I, I don't make
3: score
0: predictions. Oh, come
3: either.
2: on. Have, no, unless I actually feel the vibe, I'm not just going to make a score prediction and make myself look dumb.
3: Four three Vancouver,
2: okay. Grady,
3: do you uh, do you want to give us one?
0: Uh, four one Vancouver because Joey Decord's a net and he is not NHL quality.
3: I like it, Joe. Okay, as it translates to.
0: Did either of you take French immersion in high school? Nope. Uh, not immersion. Uh oh, we're really mi- wait. What do you mean? What is that supposed to? Well, mean? I just took regular French oh. class. Oh,
3: okay, okay. You and then I went into Spanish. I thought, yeah, okay. Anyways. Uh, yeah, we're missing that element on the show. I'm not going to lie, guys. Faber spoke fluent French, and it was always very funny when we would have the French moment. So one of us has to learn French, not it. You're out to lunch if you think <laughs> I'm going to spend five seconds learning French. <laughs> oh, what a Friday afternoon this has been, folks. Uh, okay, so Seattle tonight, San Jose tomorrow. We'll be back on Monday to break it all What's down. What's our
0: score prediction for Saturday night's game?
3: 6-1 to one Vancouver, Oh, Sam lafferty trick! Wow. Wow, that's bold. We'll close it out there. For my co-host, Harmon Dial, and our technical producer, Grady Sass, my name is Dave Guadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Canucks Conversation with Harmon and Quads every weekday at 2 p.m. Be sure to check it out on the Canucks Army YouTube channel. And if you missed it, go check it out on your favorite
2: podcast catcher app.